Hello and welcome to Voyage to First Vintage again. <laughs> Hi. This is Danielle. Frost. And James Frost. Frost. Yeah, James Frost Frost. <laughs> so this week we have been stuck in our house all day. Well, I have been. Yep. And James has been working in isolation. Yep. It's the coronavirus, everybody. As if they didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that you guys are staying safe out there, staying healthy. It's really important, even though it is cumbersome and, you know... A pain. A pain in the ass, to be frank, to, you know, keep that six-foot distance away from everybody, but... And stay home as much... Or stay away from everyone as much as possible. Yeah. It's really important. Helps everyone else out. Yep. And um, the times are really rough but we just want you all to know that we're all in this together and if you guys need anything if you want just somebody to talk to you can always reach out to us via instagram facebook email email, twitter you know we have all these four the platforms can you please (laughs) edit that (laughs) so that it sounds smarter (laughs) um so yeah we just wanted to, to let you guys know that we're here for you guys and um this has actually been a really great learning experience for us because we've been kind of planning um what we would do in the situation if we had our own business mm-hmm. and been playing lots of make-believe yeah so <laughs> one of the things that <laughs> believe one of the things that james suggested is that we set aside some fund some rainy day fund to be able to uh, pay our future employers, our employers, our employees. Yes, our future employers. We will pay them. <laughs> we will pay them <laughs> to work for them. No. Um, just so that, you know, there are a lot of people right now who find themselves on unemployment and there's not really a lot that their employers can do to support them. And well, or want to do. Or want to do. Yeah, in some None cases. None of them have really planned for it. They just act like everything's going to be good forever. Spend their money as pretty much as fast as it comes in. And then something like this happens. Especially with big corporations. Like two weeks of bad times and they're like, oh, we need money. So we're going to cut pay. <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about somebody in particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we won't mention names, but... <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, we wanted to, you know, if we can, if profits are there as we build our company, be able to set aside money so that in rough times we have something that we can use to keep our employees, you know, even if it's 50% pay while things are slow, rather than laying them off, that's better than nothing, you know, to be able to do something, keep everyone afloat, keep ourselves and them afloat. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure that's something that's easier said than done, but yeah. it is nice to it, have that idea in mind and, and have some sort of plan for it. Yeah, it's been something that came up, and it's something we would like to work towards, for sure. Yeah. Because wines are a luxury item, it's really important to go out and support your local wineries. If you can. If you can. If you want to. Yep. They really, it's more of a, they are some of the first people that feel the impacts of people tightening their purse strings. Yeah. So, um, some places that you can go to to see what kind of shipping um, discounts people are offering 
are well obviously anywhere on the internet your favorite wineries website but also uh, support our wineries.com i found just recently and they have a, a big list of uh different wineries that are offering like one dollar shipping and different kind of kinds of discounts and i know that uh back home in el dorado some wineries that are doing some great things are um, Madronia, who's having virtual tastings, yep. and Boger, who's uh, discounting shipping. I know that. There are um, quite a few back home doing discounted shipping. Yeah. Um, not doing curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our interview guest this week, Ann Wofford of Wofford Acre Vineyards, I think they're doing <laughs> curbside pickup and things like that for people so they can call in send in an order and just drive in and pick it up without having to do any you know skin to skin human interaction mm-hmm. or you know unmasked face to unmasked face yeah um, <laughs> i'm really excited about this interview and actually ann wofford talked about some of the um the differences that she's seeing in this turn of events of COVID-19 and and mm-hmm. how that's affecting her and, and other local wineries and uh, maybe more importantly to us she gave some really great advice and some really eye-opening stuff that was just like why have we never thought about this before <laughs> yeah. well a lot of it is just we've never had to think about it before yeah. so it's been really great to get a you know insider's thoughts on it yeah. let us know what we should be looking at Give us some advice, some direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we just talk ourselves through the complete interview. Without we, further ado. We can start it up for you guys. <laughs> Here is Ann Wofford of Wofford Acre Vineyards. Let's jump right in then. Yeah. Um, so do you want to start by telling us um, about your winery and what you do there and just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners? Because, you know, we know. You got it. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Um, Walford Acres Vineyards is a little tiny winery. We make between 11 and 1,200 cases in, um, in Eldorado County, where um, you guys are from. Mm-hmm. We are in Camino. Our place has been a winery for about 25 years, but we've owned it for the past 16 and a half. Okay. Okay. And we uh, bought it in 2003 because my husband, who's been a winemaker now in 2024, about 42 years. He just had his 42nd crush in 2019. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, Congratulations. Right? And he said lots of, lots of experience. Lots of experience. Um, he was ready to, to just have his own winery. He'd always been a winery as, an, as a winery employee and he'd done consulting winemaking for a lot of folks. But mm-hmm. he was ready to have his own business. And my, we were very, very fortunate that my brother-in-law, Mike, who lives in Sacramento, wanted to be part of it. So it, it was a great partnership with three to get mm-hmm. it off the ground. One of the things that was nice with that is there were still two incomes coming in. I gave up um, my job so I could get the winery going full time. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so, but, so the winery didn't actually have to support one family or two families. The guys mm-hmm. could keep their day jobs and I could get things up and running and they could do the winemaking and the vineyard management, you know, kind of as weekend warriors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nights and weekends. So that was, I have to say that was really, really helpful in today's economy, in today's world. Um, Mike has a son. As you two know, I have, I have two boys who were in eighth grade when we moved up here. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to have 
that income coming in and not relying just on the winery and but having someone who could do things at the winery instead of having to be out there and then coming home when like exhausted at night and on the weekends and trying to make things happen. Yeah, yeah right. So that was really nice. Yeah. We have five acres of vineyards. We contract out for about a third of our fruit. We make hard cider. We make red wine, white wine, rosé, dessert wines. And it's, it's all delicious. delicious. And we have to mention that we had your cider at our wedding as well. Oh, yeah. That's how good it is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I love that bubbly cider. I mean, it just makes me happy. <laughs> it made us very happy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about it, because it's only 7.5% alcohol, you mm-hmm. can get happy without getting stupid at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really nice. enjoy it. Yeah, that's awesome. And you said that you guys make about 1,100 to 1,200 cases per year, is that right? Correct. Yeah, Correct. so how does that compare to the other wineries in the area? So, I would say we're one of the smaller um, ones that is open year-round. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are smaller ones, like you've mentioned, I know you're really um, fond of Smoky Ridge. I love them. <laughs> They're open yeah. seasonally, so they make a smaller amount as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainbow Orchards makes a smaller amount, but once again, they're open yep. seasonally or they sell at farmer's markets. Yeah. Um, we're one of the very smallest ones in our area. I would say, I don't know for sure, I'm going to ballpark a guess here, but if we make between eleven and 1,200 cases, I'm going to say that Bogo probably one of the larger ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to look into see what their actual case production is. That's awesome, though. That's great. And so right now, um, things are kind of sl- slowing down, or like because of all the, well, the coronavirus. Well, yeah, with COVID nineteen, things mm-hmm. are definitely slowing down. It is really, really wonderful um, how creative the wineries are at um, getting people to come by. I mean, like we were saying before we went on air, um, it is really nice that the, uh, the, our local people and our greater um, Sacramento area people are really supporting the local wineries with the drive-by pickup, um, drive-by pickup wine restaurants, just mm-hmm. like they're doing with drive-by restaurants. Yeah. And it's really, it's keeping doors open and it's keeping people employed, which is, yeah. which is nice. I think it's so important. It is huge. Yeah. Especially for small business community to have that support. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I think one of the other nice things is we don't do any distribution. We only sell out of the wineries, but mm-hmm. I out of the winery itself. But I noticed that, um, like the wine shelves at the grocery store, they're not. Most of them are not local products, so mm-hmm. yeah. we're not big enough to do a. Most of the wineries up here are not big enough to do a huge distribution project. So mm-hmm. they're at risk of going under if people aren't supporting them at the wineries because you, if you're going to just going to the grocery store, you're not going to be able to pick up most of the wines up here. Yeah. Right. They are. Mm-hmm. And I love that people are actually, um, you know, going the extra step as far as, you know, trying to get wine as opposed to just like going to the grocery store because you're going to be there anyway to pick up the wine. So mm-hmm. that right. in itself shows, you know faith in society it's renewed my faith in it's society yes <laughs> and, and a lot of the wineries here are offering screaming deals on um shipping costs right now okay that's so awesome because you're stuck at home odds are pretty good to be able to sign for the wine because yeah. you're there and you'll that's get something the shipping that we might for nothing you know yeah. five dollars or ten dollars you know depending on how much you buy they're really making it easy 
you to order wine and have it shipped to you. Love that. And that's so smart because, Mm -hmm. you know, people like us who don't even have the opportunity to to drive by and pick up wine, like that's something that we could definitely look into and uh, be able to support small businesses from back home. So, right. Right. We're jotting that down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just really, we need to look at this stage of the wow. game, I'm sure a lot of the wineries are um, tightening their belts. I know for sure we are, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we're going under. It just means there's going to be a different model for a while. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've noticed that in my work up here, a lot of seeing. I mean, everybody's got to got to take care of what they've got going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So they were talking about you know cutting back on. Uh, keeping up appearances because yeah. you know they're not going to have people coming to the winery as often anyway. Mm-hmm. So well, some of the properties are, you know, it's not their their winery isn't there, but they like to keep it looking nice and they mm-hmm. want to scale back on that to save money. Yeah, and some of the big right. some of the big equipment purchases they said, well, we'll put those off until next year. Yeah, which makes complete well, sense. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly where. Um, the people who, if they're able to ship wine out to people, they're getting that income and they can um, scale back on even little things like the lights in the tasting room. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, how often people are using your restroom. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. Those are yeah. the little intangibles that nobody thinks of a, a, of a cost for a winery, so it'll mm-hmm. help them out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm really interested in how things are shifting and all of that and how like people are are making it work still. And I I love that. So Mm -hmm. thank you for being our very first insight on this. (laughs) Oh, it is my pleasure. You know, I've always got an opinion. I'm happy to share. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to to cycle back a little bit? What was the catalyst for you and Paul to want to start your own uh, winery. I know you said you both have been in the industry for quite a while, but what was kind of the turning point that made both of you think, you know, we want to do this for you know, ourselves? It was something, I'll be honest, it was something I wanted to do for Paul because he mm-hmm. wanted to do it. Aww. Um, um, he did it well, yeah. I mean I, I mean, I was ready for a change in my life, and that seemed like a really good way to make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, uh, so anyway, um, I, I always um, draw the comparison. You know how every um, like wine chef or sous chef at a at a fancy restaurant, all of a sudden the next thing you know they've opened their own little you know bodega style restaurant in right. the town. Somewhere. Yeah. That's kind of like what Paul wanted to do. He'd always been an employee, mm-hmm. and he has his very definite ideas about how to make wine. But often as a as a as a winemaker employee. And rightly so, you need to um, also accommodate the wishes of your employers, of mm-hmm. the people who own the winery. Right. And so this gave him a chance to just say, I'm in charge, I get to do anything I want. And I, I think he's noticed that in some of the wines that we make that are sort of offbeat blends that he just said, I know this is going to work, and yeah. it does. And it might be something that someone else might not be willing to take a chance on with him. Right. You know, if, if if he's making it for someone else. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the freedom to do the things you want to do the mm-hmm. way you want to do Right. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, he was, it was um, ready for, ready to move on from the winery where he was employed. He had a very good run there. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, as with any business, there's a shift sometimes and it's time for people to move on. It's time mm-hmm. for the winery yeah. to move on. It's time for the employees to move on. Yeah. 
and he was at that point there so it was a really good time to make it happen yeah and how long was paul in the industry before you guys decided to start your own label let's see i think he did his first i think he was hired as a winemaker in 1976 or 1977. Oh, wow. That's awesome. For a while. That's great. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, Jamie. I mean, he made little batches for himself here and there, but nothing on a, he hadn't taken the show on the road yet. It was just for him. Were you guys making them
Oh, James, you are a charmer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think my husband makes very good wine. He yes. really does. And yeah. it's, it's nice because there are so many good wines up here and they're all different. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to contribute. People, I have to say, um, one of the nicest things that happened, because my husband did know the dishes um, from Adrenaline Vineyards and the Bogers from Boger Winery, before we moved up here, done a lot of work with them beforehand. Um, their tasting rooms were great at sending people to us when we were just new and we were a little off the beaten path and them just saying, the Lava Cat folks just saying, keep going, keep going, you'll find it, you'll love it once you get there. Mm-hmm. And so it's really nice. Um, the best advertising in the world is to have word of mouth from um, other wineries, recommendations. Mm-hmm. And so we got into the habit of I would just take a bottle of wine to all those wineries every so often so they could taste it and they could say, oh, yeah. Instead of just saying, go to Wofford Acres, they could say, oh, you really love red blends. You need to yeah. go to Wofford Acres. They've got three different red blends that we really like. And that really that. kept us going. So never underestimate the power of your sister wineries to mm-hmm. get you get you going because yes. you're not in competition. Oh, sorry. I think we cut out just a little bit there. Are you there? Okay. Okay. You said yep. because Hello? you're not competition? No, we're not competition. Yeah. We all work together. We all make something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that they appreciate, you know, getting that, um, the recommendations in return. I think that's what happens a lot in, in this area as well as, mm-hmm. you know, what are you looking for? Okay, I know, you know, these five wineries that you go to that you might fall in love with too. Mm-hmm. So, right, I love that. exactly. Because, I mean, from a purely um, from a purely sales standpoint, if there's only one winery that a person likes, they'll only come up. That, that's only one reason for them to come visit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if there's four or seven wineries that they really like, that's seven reasons for them to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's a, another reason why when we're looking for properties uh, to potentially buy in the El Dorado County area, we're looking for properties that are a little bit you know, closer to other wineries if we can. Um, Hopefully not right on top of yeah. others, but in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's were... pretty spread out around yeah. here. I think, I don't think you're going to be, I mean, only along like the Carson Road area mm-hmm. are yeah. there wineries right next door to each other, but they all feed off of each other too. So mm-hmm. it's okay. really, it, it's symbiotic. It's not, um, yeah. it's, it's not, um, they're not against each other. They work together. Yeah. yeah. And my my only reasoning for me to be, fur- well, not further away, but not right on top of someone else is for the farming aspect. I know most people up there are doing a great job, but I don't want to be sharing any of my mistakes in especially <laughs> pest management or sharing in anyone else's mistakes in pest management. So a little buffer right. zone makes right. me feel more more comfortable if we're going to be mm-hmm. planting and developing our own vineyard. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will say, James, in, in all honesty, mm-hmm. the the hardest part for us when we bought it was the vineyard part because okay. Paul's been a winemaker and I've been behind the sales counter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but none of us had had a ton of a, a vineyard experience. So we sort of, Paul's really learned on the fly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, um, you have to remember 
if you do it that way, that you are actually running three businesses. You are running mm-hmm. an agricultural operation, you're running a food processing or beverage processing facility, and you're mm-hmm. running a retail establishment. Yeah. So you've got to be ready to take that. on three different businesses. Yeah. I've never had anybody, like, you know... Break it down like break that. Break it down like that. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. But yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Well, you have three different it is. phases. It's three separate yeah. businesses, mm-hmm. so you better have somebody who's pretty good at all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for the vineyard side of things, you guys mm-hmm. were learning on the fly. Um, were you reaching out to anybody to ask for help and advice? Um, well, like Paul had worked with Vineyard Venture, so he he knew enough to know what he wanted to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have a really great couple of guys who are um, all new people the time but they'll come and they'll help us with pruning mm-hmm. and they'll come and they'll help us with um like grafting over so we can paul knows how he wants to set up like the difference between free cordon or um you know um head pruning you know mm-hmm. whatever he wants to okay. do with the different grapes yeah so he can he can tell the folks what he wants done mm-hmm. but he so he had that kind of knowledge, but he hadn't actually done it himself. And, you know, there's nothing okay. like doing it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sorry for for us non-vineyard people like me oh. and not James, because <laughs> he knows exactly what you're talking about. Um, what is three cordon? So it's just three three levels of trellising. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's air between the, the vines. You just train the vines to run along three three levels of trellising. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then your head train vines. And then head pruning. Head pruning, you just don't use a trellis at all. Gotcha, yeah. We've talked about that as potentially being one of the, the routes we go in dependent our future Dependent on vineyards. varietal. Yeah, dependent on varietal. Right. right. I, I actually like it. I, mm-hmm. I really prefer that, but keep in mind, I'm no expert. I just like it aesthetically. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I find it a whole lot easier when I have to go pick to yeah. pick some head pruned fruit. From, and which varietals from, do you guys... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Cut you off. Um, which varietals? What, what varietals do we grow? Yeah. So we have nine varietals on the five acres. We have Syrah, Cab, Merlot, Petite Syrah, Petite Verdot, Cab Franc, Merlot, uh, Rich Chimere, and Viognier. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And which ones do you guys have that are head trained? Uh, the only ones that we have head train, trained are the Petite Syrah. Okay. okay. And then the rest of them you have uh, on those uh, the three cordon. I, I don't know if they're all on three cordon. I know that mm-hmm. that's something that some of them are on. I just use that as an example. Okay. They're not okay. all gotcha. like that. But the rest are on a, a trellising system of some sort. On a trellising system mm-hmm. of some kind, yeah. Okay. 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 And what was the reason that you guys chose to do the Petite Syrah as head trained and not any of the other ones? What a great question for Paul. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> that's fair. I try to stay as far away from the vineyard as I humanly can. That is yeah. so not my love. <laughs> I, I'll go out and I will, under duress, I will prune a little bit. I will pick if I'm needed, mm-hmm. but I always find a reason to like fade and go do something else. <laughs> oh my gosh, the cats are there attacking. Are people, there are people, I'm always entertained, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but I'm mm-hmm. always entertained when people say, oh, I'd love to come help you pick. And I think, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. This is not, this is skilled labor, people. This is not something you just do. (laughs) You don't know what you're getting into. It's not, oh, I'll pick a bucket of grapes every hour or two. Yeah. It's a full speed 
got to be paying attention all the time, not yeah. stop moving kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And know what you're doing. Know which fruit is good. Know mm-hmm. which fruit has maybe got a little bit of mildew or something in there. You know, yeah. just pick and throw it on the ground where... I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a lot of work to walk every bunch of grapes over to whoever's in charge and say, is this one okay to put in my bucket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys harvest all your own with you, with kind of your core group, or do you bring in Extra some outside we do. labor? So um, Paul and Mike and a guy who works with us named Jimmy do mm-hmm. a lot of our harvesting. Wow. And then... We do have a group of really dedicated that Paul has trained. Said like they came in and they didn't know, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, do you know what you're getting into here?" <laughs> yeah. And he's got them that they come help us every year. But uh, we, um, yeah, I, I mean, and then at some point we get the crew from Lava Cap, and they come and they clean everything up and finish okay. it all off. Okay, awesome. And uh, how many acres are you guys taking care of? So it's five acres of vineyard. Five acres. Okay. okay. I think that's about the size that we'd want to. That would be our starting point. Starting? I think I right. thought it would be like smaller and then maybe grow to five acres. That sounds oh. like a lot. The only well, keep in mind, I mean, we contract out for fruit too, and there mm-hmm. is no. I know there is this um, glorified idea that estate fruit is the best, but mm-hmm. if you're dying to grow Zinfandel and your property is not appropriate for Zinfandel, you're a whole lot better off contracting out. Mm-hmm present from somebody who grows in well than trying yeah. to make it work That's true. in a space that it, it shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, my my idea behind the five acres is that's the minimum you need in Eldorado County to be zoned oh, to be able to okay. have a that makes sense. Yeah. That's one of the requirements. Well, it's, what it is is that five acres alone in your sales room. I, I, mm-hmm. I was going to go back to that. I was going to say that I have this really big problem with the word tasting room because mm-hmm. I'm all about the end result, which is sales. You're not just inviting people into taste, you're inviting mm-hmm. people into buy. Mm-hmm. And when you just call it a tasting room, there's this mental image that um, that there's there's not an end result. Yeah. And much as I'm okay with tasting fees for people, you don't keep mm-hmm. your door open on tasting fees, you keep them open on sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love the word sales room as opposed to tasting sales room. Sales okay. room, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can go. Um, there are a couple. I mean, I think I think tasting fees are absolutely fine. And I think no one should ever, ever, ever be ashamed to say, "I think I would just like to pay the tasting fee. I had a great time. Thank you very much." And walk out the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those folks are not keeping your lights on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You got to have bottles going out the door. Yeah. Right. Definitely. And so it's it's you you can do tasting in a sales room. Mm-hmm. I don't like the word tasting room. That's just okay. me. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, that uh, does make a lot of sense. From the business side. Yeah. You don't want it, mm-hmm. like you're saying, to just be And that's what it is. You're a business. You're not mm-hmm. pure entertainment. Yes. <laughs> I think sometimes... And quite frankly, that's, that's one of the biggest problems now is mm-hmm. that um, going wine tasting is entertainment. It's not a... Right. It's not a monetary transaction often. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. That's something that we've discussed, too, because, you know, we're trying to stay ahead of like the new trends that are coming out and so we've been talking about like making the wine tasting room like an experience or the sales room (laughs) an experience um you know and adding something in aside from just the wine tasting but really it should be just about like we don't want to distract from 
hopefully good quality wines yeah but it does seem like you know as much as people do come for wine tasting if you can kind of hold someone's attention for longer you have a better opportunity of making a sale so that's something that's, we've been trying James, to that is absolutely true and that mm-hmm. is the problem with like limos i'm not the problem mm-hmm. but it's a challenge yeah. with limos or big groups because they're out to have fun with each other there is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with that. But if a big group it comes in and I have eight or 12 tasters, my goal with those many people is to maybe get them to buy four or five bottles, which mm-hmm. is basically breaking even for me with what they've tasted. Yeah, yeah right. That makes a lot of sense. Because the focus is on having a good time and chit-chatting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There should always be like that. You should hook them with some kind of educational component if you mm-hmm. can. Love that. Yeah. Is and um, is that something that you find that people are interested in? Like when, um, when you have them in the tasting room, like explaining to them how the grapes are growing and and what's going on behind the scenes before it gets into the glass in front of them. Are they usually pretty pretty interested in learning about that aspect if of it? There are four people or less. Yes, if there's more than four people, no. Okay, okay. that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That does it's make like sense. Like you were saying about the limos. Yeah. You get a big group, and mm-hmm. they're more interested in I mean, having, they're all having fun. And they're, uh, I'm not condemning the having good, good, they're having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's, for me, that will never be a target market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you guys do to try to market your wine stud from word of mouth? Is there anything that, um, are you guys going to, like, tasting events and doing that kind of thing? Yeah, that's a great question, Danielle. Um, we do. First of all, we do a couple of different um, association of brochures, like the Apple Hill Growers brochure. Oh, we're okay, in yeah. there. Um, we're in the Eldorado Winery Association brochure, as Perfect. well as the Eldorado Cowder Farm Trails brochure. So those three okay. big print media, as well as a glossy out of the um, Bay Area called Stepping Out. So those are our okay. four big right. print media. And then we go to everything that we can um, like nonprofits, um, if you pour there and you pour there often enough, you'll get your name out that way. It doesn't happen with the first couple, first couple of years of pouring those fundraisers. There's, and I try, I try not to do nonprofit fundraisers where there's more than say five or six wineries pouring there mm-hmm. because then you're sort of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like. You went to this great fundraiser for, you know, uh, nonprofit XYZ, and they had 20 different wineries there, and you tasted them in 20 different wineries, and the next day you said, where did I have that really great Merlot that I loved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have no idea at that point, because yeah. you're lost. That makes so, so much sense. So, um, I try to keep... I'm sorry, say it again? Oh, I, I was saying that makes so much sense. We've actually done that when, when we've gone to, like beer fests you know and we're just like oh i really loved this one cider or this one sour um but we can never remember what uh, beer company it came from mm-hmm. so I, exactly I exactly so i try to keep it simple that way for me because while i love supporting the nonprofits, and there's so many great nonprofits that are worth supporting i'm mm-hmm. also there build my business right mm-hmm. i can't just be the social lubricant i've gotta i've gotta get something back for it mm-hmm. yeah that makes so much sense i love that 
That's something I hadn't thought about. Yeah. Every opinion, maybe I've got a lot to share. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it. That's what we need. We yes. need somebody to be mm-hmm. like, here's the hard truth. Here's what you're mm-hmm. getting into. Like, you know, you need to all, know what to expect. Yeah, if it's all rainbows and butterflies now, we're going to in for right. a Well, awakening. I mean, it, and it is. It's, it's, and it, if you can make it look to the person on the other side of the calendar, counter that you're serving, if you can make it look like rainbows and butterflies, you are absolutely doing your job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be offering them a really fun experience yeah. with a little bit of education and a bottle of wine to take home at the end of the day. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. That's what we're going to shoot for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the goal. So for us, That's the goal. being where we are and not even really quite started yet, what are some big things you'd kind of warn us to look out for? some pitfalls or some good avenues to pursue um just any good well, James, advice. <laughs> i think the the biggest pitfall is is um lack of patience okay it this takes time yeah it is and we are an immediate gratification society mm-hmm. and this there is nothing there's nothing that's immediate about this business it takes a year you know it takes at least four months from harvest to your first bottle mm-hmm. in the meantime you've been having to buy glass you've been having to buy quartz you've been having to buy foils you've been having to buy labels you've been having to um buy the equipment to actually get it in the bottle you had to get a barrel from there you had to pay people as soon as they were finished picking mm-hmm. for what they did yeah. but you didn't have any money coming in yet because mm-hmm. you hadn't sold the bottle so don't don't rush into your first sales mm-hmm. but but have enough money to um to cover you for that period in between. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the biggest thing I can stress. The biggest pitfall is lack of patience. Okay. It's not going to happen overnight. And the other biggest pitfall is you are a luxury product. You are at the whim of the consumer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're seeing it now. Nobody's been stockpiling bottles of wine like they have been stockpiling <laughs> toilet paper. Yeah. That's so true. You know, people got their priorities, and you got to work with them. Yeah. But that is so. If there's a downturn in the economy, another. This is a crazy, crazy little thing. But if Mm -hmm. it's a five weekend month, your fifth weekend is going to be or can be really flat because Mm -hmm. people don't get paid. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. It's kind of dependent on. You have to budget in that. Yeah. As well. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like no patience. Oh, sorry. Didn't no, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. But it sounds like coming in with a good financial plan mm-hmm. and kind of calendarizing your operations a bit to give yourself an outlook on when certain things will be right. available. Right, and then give yourself another hundred fifty thousand dollar buffer <laughs> <laughs> on top of that. Yeah. yeah. But just yeah, budgeting out and uh, not necessarily calendarizing, but keeping um, good stock of when things will be happening and when things will be available especially for sales um will be a big part of making sure you don't overextend yourself or rush into anything well you're keeping in mind also if you do the vineyard part you're in Mm -hmm. farming and you're there i don't know of a single farmer in the united states who is not overextended it's part of the game (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's true that is true (laughs) i feel like you're doing that now in your job And, and like remember your um your retail and there as well because you're buying stuff before you've sold stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Means so I'm sorry. Spreadsheets. 
<laughs> yeah. No, that's good news. Exactly. For, yeah. have too many cross indexes. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really good news for James because he loves an Excel document <laughs> like nobody I've ever seen before. <laughs> Except for maybe my father. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you are going to be hot having my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a real reason. The other thing about not getting discouraged okay. is um, yeah. never think of things... Um, Never compare a day to a day or a week to a week. You got to compare month to month. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So don't even look at your bottom line until the 30th or 31st and then compare it to last year at the same time. Okay. Because you'll rip your head out. Yeah. That that is good advice because I'm sure there are, you know, high highs and low lows and Mm -hmm. and seeing like. Lots in between. Yeah. Right, and is it too hot one weekend? Is it too cold? Oh, my God, last weekend I made X number of dollars, and this weekend I only made Y? What yeah. happened? Yeah. Nobody loves me. Nobody knows, likes my Y. Nobody's coming. <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh, and God, then the next weekend the, sun's out, is the sun is out and the birds are chirping and everything's lovely, mm-hmm. and you, like, doubled the entire month of last year. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, you, you can't play that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is a good idea. That yeah. is good advice. Well, I love that. Farming as well. Yeah. Because you might have a wet week Absolutely. and not be able to get anything done. And you're sitting there going, wow, we did nothing this week. Yeah. And then the next week's great and you catch up and get ahead. So it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. you can, yeah. Give yourself months or quarters or, you know, okay. whatever you need to do. But yeah. don't, don't beat yourself up over the day-to-day. Do you have more questions, James? Sorry, I'm putting um, you on the spot, but I'm he's through my gone. list. Oh, <laughs> well, is there any other kind of advice that maybe not? I do. I I do have one more thing I wanted to say, and I hope mm-hmm. I'm not. Please cut me way down. Oh no! Like, no when fine. you edit this, okay. Um, you're talking about your group of friends that are they're afraid to go wine tasting because they're afraid they're going to do something wrong. Yeah. Or or not. Oh my gosh, people who have never been wine tasting before are my absolute favorite customers of all. Oh, really? They truly are. Because they have no preconceived ideas. They have no um, preconceived notions. Honestly, my demographic, my age group, is um, they're kind of a pain to work with because all they want to talk about is this great wine they had, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, that wine's never going to happen again. And... (laughs) I don't really want to talk about their wine. I want to talk about my wine. Yeah. And those folks, those newbies that come in, the worst thing they can do is pretend they know something. Because, yeah. you know, you, what is it? You don't BS a BSer, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. you can spot those folks a million miles away if they're trying to be something they're not. Yeah. Or they're trying to say something. And James, you were joking about, you know, all you have to do is throw out two different fruits and a spice or something. <laughs> What are you tasting? It's like, oh my gosh, really? You know, and your car gets really forced when you have to listen to that all day long. So the best thing, somebody who's new to it, is to walk in and say, I've never done this before. Tell me how your tasting works and what I can learn from it. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, to me, that's that's like a big old pat on the back and a big old add a girl, you did something right. Because somebody Mm -hmm. came to you and asked you a question. All right. That's awesome. Uh, best thing ever. That's awesome. I, again, well, have never us. thought of it that way. And you are, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> so insightful. And I'm learning so much from you. And I love this. <laughs> well, oh, good. I'm glad. 
Yeah, and the other thing you have to figure out from your business model, from what I've discovered, um, what you're talking about is, um, are you looking, and you you can tweak this down the road, but for your mm -hmm. business model, are you looking for like that kind of cocktail lounge, people coming in for a glass of wine and hanging out, or are you looking for bottle sales with people wanting to learn something? And both models are really great. They both work really well, but you've got to decide which one you want to do. Because mm -hmm. okay. you can't yeah. be all things to all people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something we're still trying to figure out. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to figure that out until you're ready to... S I think that we've kind of played with the idea of both at the moment. Like, we haven't... Yeah, we haven't really stuck in a lane yet. We do need to. But, and you don't have to right now. You're still yeah. figuring out who and what you want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But do keep in mind that they're not the same thing. Okay. Yeah. My, yeah. Mine is definitely to come in, learn something, have a picnic, have a glass of wine, buy a bottle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, we're, but we're not catering to the big groups who are just cycling through all the places where just like hold your glass out and put something in while I continue my discussion on my hair and nails because, <laughs> yeah. because that's a completely different model. You, yeah. you know, you've got to target to either one or the other. Mm -hmm. yep. I think I am leaning a little bit towards, you know, the come in and enjoy yourself, but like learn something by a mm -hmm. bottle and yeah, the educational side and getting people involved. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. And I people care because honestly, it's so. This is going to sound so horrible, but if you all you want to do is go out and have a glass of wine and chat with your friends, go to a wine bar. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Uh -huh. yeah. That's what they're there for. Do not go to a sales room where there's a winery attached where people are trying to learn. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome advice to anybody listening, mm -hmm. not just people who want to get into the wine industry. Well, I think there are some people who do okay, go out. That's Oh, sorry. Do we lose you? I, I, and there are other wineries who will fight me on that. They yeah. will say that's, but you're wrong. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. This is what we're. That is our target market. Mm -hmm. And I say more power to them. That's great. So market yourself that way. Mm -hmm. There are several wineries up in Camino that market themselves that way, and mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Like we need them up there. Mm -hmm. That's. But don't. It, People, I think people kind of have a winery, going wine tasting is generic, whether, mm -hmm. you know, every winery is working on the same model, and we're not. Yeah. Well, that's something I hadn't thought much about before. Mm -hmm. I mean, being on the farming side, I don't see a ton on the tasting room or sales side. Yeah. So, this is all, all great, all yeah. new for me. It's a lot of new things to think about. Yeah. I think that's one of the yeah. things. I think that's one of the things that we're going to struggle with is, you know, you, we talked about there being three different businesses within the, you know, coming up with a winery mm -hmm. and vineyard. And I think we've got, you know, I've done some work in uh, wine analysis and James has the agriculture side, but, you know, we really haven't either worked in sales very much. I've done farmer's markets <laughs> and not the same thing, though. And so the there, there's side. your right now. Start looking around. Start cultivating. When you go tasting, figure mm -hmm. out what you like about what the person behind the counter is doing, okay. and look mm -hmm. for that when you go to hire someone to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, make notes. What are they telling? You? Are they giving you atten attention? Is there one person? Like, when you walk in, do you work with the same person the whole time you're there? Or do people, like, rotate? Does the staff rotate? Whenever they see an empty glass, they just pour the next one. Like, right. what's the what's the model? How do they do it? Yeah. 
I think with bigger tasting rooms, like the busier that they get, the less I have time to spend with one particular person, which, (laughs) you know, I love it when there's an empty tasting room and there's one person that is pouring and you get to have Mm -hmm. this great deep conversation with them. And it really, I don't know, it makes the the wine taste even better if that's possible. It builds a good experience. Right, but the other one works well, too. I mean, if you've got a ton of people coming and going, sometimes you don't have time to get caught in that deep conversation. Right, yeah. So you you, you just got to... It's an ever-moving target. Yes. (laughs) But you can at least take notes, like what you like about the different places that you go. And do you have a favorite person? Like, are you so excited when you walk in and you see that... (laughs) You know, Joe is working. Yeah. <laughs> How come? Why are you so? Why do you like to go to Joe? All right. We'll have to start like creating a a, a binder of yeah. like <laughs> ideas and yep. ways Get we want our, our future. Yeah, our future winery and vineyard yeah. to look like. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Well, I would say if you had to give have one nugget, one takeaway from from my portion of your podcast, it mm-hmm. would be tell your new or inexperienced wine tasters. Not to try to fake it, not to be ashamed, and be upfront and say, help me make it happen. Yeah. I love that. That'll be our new go-to advice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. And And thanks for setting us straight. (laughs) Thank you for giving me a public forum to, like, (laughs) make it get all my ideas out there. I love that. Yeah, everybody that we've talked to has, you know, taken a different stance on, on different ideas, and it's so interesting to see you know, how different wineries are, you know, between one another. And like you said, it there is kind of this generic idea that everybody's doing the same thing, but really each one that we've talked to has offered something different to the table and mm-hmm. told us something, you know, that they did building their winery and vineyard that is completely different from the next person that we talked to. So it's all been a really great experience, and yeah. we're excited to do all of this. The hard part's going to be deciding what we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, think of think of wineries like restaurants. Yeah. For different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of the way wineries are. They're not all one size fits all. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I think we did cut out a little bit, but I wanted to clarify that you said um, think of wineries like restaurants, and they're not all the same. Right? Correct. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well. Yeah. And thank you so much for sitting down with us oh today. Oh my gosh, you too. I'm so glad you're home safe. This is a <laughs> thank pleasure. You. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And if you want to jump back on the podcast anytime, of course, you're always welcome. So yeah. if you continue to take notes and need to set us straight on things and offer your amazing advice, because God, we can't get enough of it. Let me tell you. Like, well, and I hope you don't think I was setting straight, setting oh, straight oh. because everybody <laughs> that you've talked to is amazing and they've had really incredible valuable things to say yeah it just this is just my twist on it all yeah. oh yeah no it's no, we meant it's more awesome. on I think, our what we were saying about yeah. going into a tasting room yeah 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 like oh, us good. ourselves okay. setting yeah. us straight yeah. because you know we we struggle with well stay healthy you two wash your hands you. thank you <laughs> we definitely we will, will. <laughs> well thanks again and, we'll and i look forward back. to seeing you the next time you're down in town yes all absolutely right. We hope you guys enjoyed the interview as much as we did with Ann Wofford. It was absolutely amazing. She's been a family friend of the Frost family for quite some time, mm-hmm. and I got the pleasure of meeting her through them, so that's been really special. We have a great relationship with her. Um, there's so much to say about Ann. She's a wonderful yeah. person. <laughs> She's fantastic. She's obviously very involved in the community. Um, 
and we're just really glad to get the opportunity to talk to her for a bit and get some guidance because obviously she and her husband have built a nice little niche for themselves up in El Dorado County and they've been in the industry for quite a while so Mm -hmm. you know we'd be uh, idiots to overlook a great source of wisdom like that yeah um so for us going forward we keep have your ears peeled for more episodes yep it sounds like we might have an update to uh recording get ready for you guys soon because yep. we've been doing some things with all of our downtime with quarantine status yep and the nasty weather up here in oregon oh yeah so so that's keep really your ears peeled for that possibly next week and like we said before Reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Voyage to First Vintage. We're on Twitter at Voyage underscore first. Mm-hmm. And um, we have Patreon if you would like to support us that way. Mm-hmm. If not and you want to support us a different way, review, rate, subscribe. Just keep listening. You know, send us an email with your thoughts. I would really all love. Of that. I would love for them to send us emails about, like, their tasting room experiences and talked a little bit about, like, you know, when you go into a tasting room, find out what you liked, what you didn't like, Mm -hmm. like, things that really stood out to you and take note of that. Please send us emails about what you guys experience in a tasting room, like, what you guys like, what you guys don't like, and maybe there's something that, you know, that we will agree with and, and something that we haven't noticed yet or, or something like that. So. Yeah. Well, we can't disagree with what you like or what you don't like. but That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, if you guys let us know, kind of help steer us in a direction. We know what we like, but you know, the more we could learn about what you guys like, the better. help us set up something, set up a place that you guys would actually want to come visit eventually. Yeah. So feel free to reach out, give us your opinions. Yep. Again, that's voyage to first vintage at gmail.com. I don't know if I actually said that earlier, but yep. that's where you can get in contact with us. And We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>